0: One little act of kindness can go a long, long way. Two little acts of kindness.
1: And Welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features people from all walks of life telling us an interesting story from their childhood that has impacted who they are today. I'm your host, Jay Rehack, and like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that have impacted who I am today, some of them painful, some of them not so painful, but I'd like to think all of them have helped to make me who I am today. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sidelining Publishing. Publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's classic, I've Got Peace in My Fingers. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free and your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren will appreciate it. All right. So let's get on with the show. I have as my guest, a friend of mine, a man who's been helping me actually recover from some physical injuries. He's uh, my physical therapist aide. His name is Saya Odish. Saya, I met about a month ago and discovered that his name actually means light. Saya, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate
1: it. Well, I'm honored that you would come on the show, Saya. Are you ready to tell your story?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to tell my story. I'm honored to be on here.
1: Fantastico. Well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get out of the way, and at the end, I'll ask you how it's impacted who you are today. But right now, I'm getting out of the way. Saya. it's all yours.
2: Thank you so much. I mean, I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, lived my whole childhood life as a kid. Growing up in that country, uh, all the way up until I was five years old, went to school there. And then after the 2003 invasion of Iraq, uh, I ended up migrating to Syria and living about four more years in Syria as a refugee there. And then eventually ended up coming as a refugee to the United States, And like my story, that's a bit of a background of where I'm going to start off with my story. But my story is when I first landed in the U.S., it was that culture shock that I ended up getting of, oh, my God, I'm not in like an Arabic country anymore. All those values that they had, all those things that they liked there completely changed coming to this new country, a new language a new culture, new personalities, new people to interact like interact with, new laws, values, everything was different. And my story is going to be about me going first day to school at this new school that I've never been to, and seeing how different life is here compared to where I was before. And I ended up, I went to Wildwood School. It was an IB school when I first went there. I don't know what it is now. It's been a long time since I've actually looked that school up. It's predominantly white, about 85%, 90% white. And I remember going there and the only person that spoke my language was a teacher. Her name was Ms. Bedal. And then I had one friend there. He was in my grade. His name was Anthony Sorrow. Ended up finding out he's like close family somehow, which is hilarious. It's the best part about it. But that first day I remember walking in, I went on a school bus for the first time that day. So it started off, I had to walk to this school that was close to my house. It was called the Clinton uh, Academy. And I would get on this bus. This was first time. I've never been on a bus or anything like that. Looked my whole life like walking around everywhere. So went on this bus, all these kids, they were speaking English and everything. And it was just me and my sister sitting in the back, not knowing like what they're saying, what they're doing at all. And it was completely like wild because I'm, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to communicate. So we just sat there like all quiet and people would try to talk to us and we would just give them like blank stares and like shake our heads and everything like that. It was, it was pretty cool, like thinking about it now, but like back then it was super scary. And I remember the bus going to my school and then stopping and the doors opening. And the school had this like old school vibe. It was very small, felt like a small community. And then I remember going in and they they were so inviting. They were extremely inviting. They like brought me in. They showed me the teachers that were going to help me. They were trying to communicate with me. And then luckily I told them I spoke Assyrian and Arabic. And there was um, a teacher there she ended up helping me out a lot throughout my like life in middle school and uh she that day that first day she took me in she showed me how life was in the U.S. and then she was telling me about how she's not going to try helping me out that much because I have to learn English this is the new language that I'm going to learn so she's like she's going to try speaking to me in English as much as possible but like translate in Assyrian whenever she could and then I went to my first class and I met this kid named Anthony I found out he was a Syrian too but we had two different lives he was born here lived his whole life in the U.S. and I was that immigrant kid that came here but we spoke the same language luckily the odds of that happening are so small but I felt like it was meant to be that day that we were going to meet and like live our whole lives together now knowing each other but we met that day and he would help me out in class. Every time like the teacher asked me a question, he would turn to me and then translate. I would try to learn what he was saying and not like keep trying to tell him what to, to like, talk to me. But after that, it was just back and forth. And then we went out for recess that day and they told me to play football. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I love football. They gave me the ball and I kicked the ball. And I'm like, first I looked at the ball I'm like, this doesn't look like a football. At least the football I knew was wrong soccer ball. At least they called it soccer here. (laughs) And like, that's what we like did all the time. We just played soccer. And then I thought it was called football and I started kicking the football around. And I was like, this is how you play it. They're like, no, you like pass the ball with your hands and then catch it. And like, what are you, what are you talking about? How is this football? I'm like, this makes no sense. And I kicked the ball really far too. They're like surprised. I'm like, this is all we did like back then. After that, that was like a huge culture moment. Oh my god! It'd like even certain things are called different things in like other countries. I'm like, how am I gonna like ever get through it or like ever like get out of this rut or like that the rut I thought I was in, but in reality. So I ended up kicking the ball and then they ended up explaining to me that football in the United States is called soccer and that football is this game that you play with your hand and you throw around and then you catch. And I'm like, I would never like this game ever. And then, and then I ended up now I'm a huge football fan like huge NFL watcher and everything like that. I love American sports, but like that first interaction, I'm like, Oh my God, why are they changing this? Like, this is like so negative. But that whole time while I was at school and everything, I had this like passive tone to me or like trying to like kind of stay back and like stay quiet. Most of the time, I, I didn't know how to feel at that moment, what type of emotion I'm supposed to feel. I was numb of everything that's been going on for the past nine years since I was born I was like okay this is a fresh start but it's a huge fresh start and at the end of the day I was just so drained by the time I got home do I really have to do this every day and every day and every day but that's the end of my story and uh, as you can see at the end of it I'm here talking to you guys now
1: yeah so tell me How how long did it take for you to feel comfortable going to school and then even feeling like, okay, I got this language or I've got this culture down or whatever, how how long did that take?
2: It's been 13 years now. Man, it took like the shift, I had to be fast. I had to be really fast. I couldn't just speak Arabic and Assyrian. I ended up learning pretty good English in three years. So by Mm -hmm. the time I was like in sixth, seventh grade, Seventh grade, eighth grade around there, I started getting like a really good grip of the English language, but the culture was still like a huge part of it. And that I I didn't get until like junior, senior year of high school. Fully like I understand the culture, I understand the language, I understand how Americans act compared to like how other people act during situations. Because like when I meet somebody, I go up to them, I shake their hand and I kiss them on the cheek. In the U.S., you don't do that. You just shake someone's hands. And especially now after COVID, <laughs> you definitely don't do that. <laughs> yeah, but that was until like senior year. Uh, my accent is until like junior year of high school, I had
1: it. Yeah, you have no accent other than I would say, like everybody in this town, you have a Midwestern accent. You sound like you. you're from Chicago. So how do you think that, First experience impacted your life today. How do you feel like what you experienced back then has impacted who you are today?
2: Looking back at it now, if I didn't go, like, I would not wish that upon anybody's, like, child to, like, go anywhere. Brand new like that, being a culture shock and having to adapt literally on your feet within days and try to, like, become this new person that was not there for the nine years you've been alive. But it's taught me how to be extremely resilient, never give up. Always be happy for like new beginnings because anything can like happen. I've been very appreciative of everything I have in my life, but mostly it's the resiliency part. I've gone through school. I've graduated. I am where I am here because of that experience I had back then. And without that experience, I don't think I would be the man I am today sitting here talking to you.
1: Well, you seem like a great guy. How did it it work out for your sister? Did she wind up okay too? I mean, was that your younger sister or older sister?
2: It's a younger sister. She's uh, 19 years old. I'm, I'm very proud of her. She works with me right now at Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work together there. She's going to community college right now because I told her to do the smart thing because she didn't know what to do. And I'm like, hey, just go to community college, save yourself some money and then go to like university after you're done. That's yeah, brilliant. So she's about to go through her second year of community college, but I'm trying to get her to graduate too. you know, first generation nice. <laughs> for my uh, family.
1: Well, thank you for telling us your story, uh, Sia. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate all the work you've been doing with me relative to the physical therapy. I I got to tell you, truthfully, I only met you about a month ago in the physical therapy thing. But you seem like this very calm, nice guy. What, I can't explain it, but you have like a peaceful presence to you, if it makes sense. Is You don't, you know, you don't. I don't know if you're stressed or you're not, but you come across like you're not stressed. You think that, you know, your childhood experiences have have made you uh, maybe not not at peace with things, but just somehow not like stressed out on every moment. You know, like this culture can be brutal, I think, where you, uh, you know, you're always worried about something money or health or this or that you seem to be relatively at peace is that you think that's true or you think that uh, that's just a facade i feel
2: like that like what was happened to me made me realize that everybody goes through tough times so i try to be even if i am going through like a tough time in my life i'm like i'm outside I'm like, I have nothing against anybody. I'm extremely peaceful. I don't want to like start anything. And I'm like, I'm here to help you. And I'm like, I've been through a lot in my life. And a lot of people have been there to help me. Like seriously, learning English wasn't easy. And I definitely didn't do it by myself. And a lot of people were there to help me. And that's like pushed on to me and wanting to help uh, like other individuals, even if they get mad, even if something happens, I'm like still... It's okay. Like, you probably had a rough day. Something probably happened. And I'm like, I can be that peaceful presence. And I hope at least that impacts somebody down the line.
1: That's brilliant, man. I don't know how you do that at 22. Because I was a pretty angry 22-year-old. I had nothing to be angry about. I was aggravated anyway. That was just me. I mean, I'm at peace now. I'm 65 and things are better. But, uh, you know, but at 22, I was not... I did not have, I was not at peace with the world. Well, thank you very much, Saya, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being willing to tell your story. Thank you
2: so much, Jay. I appreciate you having me on. I can't wait to see you again. You know, you coming to your appointment. You're not going to call off. The...
1: Yeah, I'll see you on Monday, man. No, I still no. got a bad
2: leg. Monday, eight in the morning? No. I
1: think so. man. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank Saya Odish for coming on to our show. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Sidelining Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Susan Salador's I've Got Peace in My Fingers. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. It's free. We'll keep it for you now and forever. Your family, your children, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. Now I'm going to end this show, as I almost always do, with Susan Salador's classic One Little Act of Kindness. Until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody.
0: One little act of kindness can go a long long way two little acts of kindness can brighten anyone's day three little acts of kindness can make a beautiful sound many acts of kindness help the world go around one little loving word can go a long, long way. Two little loving words can brighten anyone's day. Three little loving words can make a beautiful sound. Many loving words help the world go round. One little seed own go a long, long way Two little seeds sown can brighten anyone's day Three little seeds sown can make a beautiful sound Many seeds sown help the world go around One little child's laughter can go